Welcome to my podcast, Man Made. It is admittedly a provocative title. It's meant to be. It captures my desire to be of service, to be a part of the movement encouraging us all to hold men and boys in high esteem. In high esteem for who they are and for the important and different contributions that they make. It's both sad and angering to me that men aren't always well thought of. We all benefit from men's goodness. And we all feel weller when we're experiencing gratitude and compassion. My podcast will tackle head-on the negativity that has been and continues to be directed towards men. And each week I'll also be appreciating the act of a good man. And because I loved going to football matches as a young woman, I always start with, here we go, here we go, here we go. (laughs) And the title of this episode is Let's Get Rid of the Negative Male Stereotype. Men are good. This episode is very loosely based on two chapters in the Palgrave Macmillan Male Psychology Handbook. One by Martin Seeger entitled From Archetypes to Stereotypes, an Evolutionary Perspective. And one by John Barry and Martin Seeger entitled Positive Masculinity including masculinity as a valued aspect of humanity. These authors are psychologists who are making a big difference in men's psychological treatment. They founded the Male Psychology Network together and John was also co-founder of the Male Psychology Section of the British Psychological Society. The way we currently think about masculinity is heavily influenced not by biological or evolutionary factors, but by a political ideology which originates from the 1980s. Since the 1980s, in academia, the so-called discipline of gender studies has proliferated and from it has sprung a very negative conceptualisation of masculinity which has become embedded in our consciousness. The political belief system that underpins this negative conceptualisation is radical feminism. Radical feminism is a left-wing ideology originating in Marxism. Marxism originally conceptualised the capitalist as the oppressor of workers, but as gender politics have become more influential, the all-powerful oppressor role has been transferred to men and the oppressed role transferred to women. All that was wrong with society used to be capitalism. Now it's patriarchy. Patriarch is defined as a system of society in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. The radical feminist narrative goes, men learn how to be men through being socialised into a patriarchal system which favours them, gives them a sense of superiority and entitlement and permission to intimidate and bully to get their needs met. This does sound somewhat odd when you realise that most young males are socialised primarily by adult females, particularly in their earliest, most formative and impressionable years, before the influence of schools even. And I have to say at this point, the majority of men that I work with don't feel like they have all the power, don't have a sense of deserving or experiencing privilege, they aren't specially advantaged or believe that they should be. So not really much of a sense of entitlement there. Quite the opposite, in fact. 
and the majority of men are not intimidating bullies. In fact, the men I work with are experiencing difficulties, often because they're passive, not taking enough care of themselves, not having an impact in their relationships, being more pleasing and appeasing than hostile. The men I have worked with have experienced many traumatic life experiences, as we all do, and social disadvantages, and often have very little or no control of what happens to them. I'm particularly thinking about the issues of divorce, contact with children, support to do as well as girls in schools and universities, and to have their physical and mental health issues taken as seriously and funded as seriously as women's health issues. Men do the vast majority of dirty, dangerous and antisocial hours jobs. They die in vastly greater numbers at work and scandalously, but without any scandal, constitute 75% of deaths by suicide. Not to mention they constitute close to 100% of deaths in combat. All this goes mostly unacknowledged and greatly unappreciated. Radical feminism uses concepts which can sound scornful. Concepts like misogyny, defined as dislike of, contempt for or ingrained prejudice against women. How many people have heard of its opposite, of misandry, defined as dislike of, contempt for or ingrained prejudice against men? Hardly anyone, yet there's a good deal of dislike of, contempt for or ingrained prejudice against men in our society. Remember the Gillette advert that negatively stereotyped men, depicting a series of very ugly and negative behaviours, including bullying, sexual harassment and interrupting of a woman speaking in the workplace. It also framed healthy boy behaviours such as roughhousing and running about as toxic. At the beginning of last year, we had the American Psychological Association's guidelines for working with men and boys. These guidelines have been criticised for, in parts of the document, departing from a scientific base to a politically ideological base and for pathologising traditional masculine traits. Finally, there were two articles in a professional therapy journal that in all seriousness discussed toxic masculinity. One of them I discussed in episode four. The other one even had the phrase in its title, How do we detox toxic masculinity? It associated men with risk, violence and sexual aggression. Another scornful concept is traditional masculinity, which sounds rather benign to me and like one possible and reasonable identity choice from amongst the variety of potential male identities available to choose from today. But traditional, when attached to masculinity, has become a derogatory term. Hegemonic masculinity, H-E-G-E-M-O-N-I-C, is another derogatory term. I think it's pronounced hegemonic. I studied social sciences with the Open University in the 80s, so I was educated, stroke indoctrinated, with a lot of radically left-wing ideology. Uh, But because it was the OU, most of my lessons came in the post, and I never actually heard many of the words I was studying spoken out loud, so I never knew if I was pronouncing any of them properly. (laughs) Anyway, Hegemonic is a term coined by Antonio Gramsci, an Italian politician and Marxist philosopher. 
It means ruling or dominant in a political or social context. Within this ideology, masculinity is construed as a harmful, toxic, outdated stereotype. Men are reduced to being just dominating, especially dominating of women. An odd and convoluted formula begins to emerge. Men have all the power equals men dominate, which morphs into men have all the power, men dominate, men are violent. In short, men are bad and something radical must be done about them. As I said, this view of masculinity is purely political. It's a hypothesis that's never been empirically tested, debated, critiqued or properly defined. So it doesn't have a foundation in science. Something that is obvious to most people that we intuitively recognise is that although men and women share many similarities... We are different in important ways. Within this political view of masculinity, our mammalian biological sex differences, such as instinctive behaviour, drives and motivation, are quite simply and conveniently ignored. These differences that have evolved over millennia and are found across all cultures are an inconvenient truth. While diversity and differences are rejoiced in, In every other field of study, in the social sciences, gender differences are denied or played down. It's not okay to generalise about gender, to talk about most women or most men. Because in the social sciences, men and women are the same. Except for one big difference, of course. Men are bad and women are good. I think our culture has been undermining men for far too long denying them the respect they deserve for the contributions that they make. So I was really pleased to come across the work of psychologists Seeger and Barry. They're urging us to move away from stereotypes for men and think instead in terms of archetypes. What Jung described as a primitive representation inherited from the earliest human ancestors and present in the collective unconscious and what Seeger and Barry describe as evolutionary and universal pressures on men that manifest in universal patterns of male behaviour that are found across all cultures and across all historical periods, an ancient blueprint for survival and success, archetypes which are positive. Hooray! In my opinion and my experience, the vast majority of men are archetypal good men, going quietly about their daily lives, enriching the quality of our lives with all that they do, mostly under the radar, so not much noticed, often taken for granted and largely not publicly appreciated. So now for the good bit. Archetypal men are fighters and winners. This rarely means physically fighting and winning. More often it's about a stoic attitude, a commitment to setting and achieving goals and to resolving problems, any kind of problems, often difficult ones, and not quitting until they do. Archetypal men are providers for and protectors of their families, communities, countries and resources. Archetypal men exercise mastery and control over their feelings. They compose themselves in order to be able to give razor-sharp focus to fighting and winning, to providing and protecting, 
and to achieving goals and solving problems. It's also vital for them to master and control their feelings, to function in the many risky and dangerous roles that society relies on them to fulfil. In these critical situations, if they were to experience a lot of emotional awareness or express a lot of emotion, this would impair their performance and even threaten theirs and others' very survival. Such focused attention can be seen in dangerous military jobs, for example, like bomb disposal and civilian jobs such as steeplejacking, roofing and also in elite sports where emotion, including fear and anger, are channelled into particular goal-driven actions in order to achieve success. Archetypal men are every man and we thank them. So it's bye-bye negative old stereotypes. And hello and welcome to Positive Archetypes. Hooray! And now it's Good Guy of the Week. Drum roll, please. <laughs> so that was quite a long episode, so I'll keep this short. It was the August bank holiday weekend. I was regretting having agreed to meet some friends at a very popular bar on a very popular Cornish beach. I arrived with not many minutes to spare, but was second in the queue for a space. I was mastering my hot and botheredness as well as I could, was reassuring myself that law of averages someone would leave soon, and no one was moving. Several people tantalisingly came back to their cars, but only to get something out of their boot, or put something into their boot, or to put a new parking ticket on their windscreen. Then a man who'd been sitting in his car for a while came over and said, I'm waiting for my wife. She won't be long. Would you like my space? I can pull out and hang around until she gets here. I was so grateful. I thanked him so much, and he waved at me as he manoeuvred his car out of the space. Thank you, that man. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for now. If you enjoyed what I had to say, please subscribe to this podcast and I'll look forward to being with you again. Cheery bye.